We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's Friday, February 3rd, 2023. Alex Berutha here with Shannon McEwen. Ken is unavailable today. Uh, injury management. Um, concussion-like symptoms from, from this podcast. He may have screamed too hard during the, the FanDuel real cash section and popped a blood vessel. Uh, we're hoping he's doing okay. Let's jump right into the news. Luka Doncic exited Thursday's win over the Pelicans after playing just 23 minutes due to a bruised right heel. He went up for what appeared to be like a layup, got knocked off balance, fell backwards, landed awkwardly on his ankle, and then crashed to the floor on his hip. Um, they are going to provide an update today, Friday, regarding his status. So by the time you're listening to this, you may already know. Uh, I would be surprised if he played tomorrow, uh, Saturday, based on how the injury looked to me. Uh, we also have, uh, I guess, <laughs> let's assume Doncic is out for a little bit, like a week. I, You know, it's more Dinwiddie, more Christian Wood once he's healthy. Is there anybody that you are looking to pick up off the waiver wire if he's out for an extended period of time? Yeah, yeah, a couple of the other guys. I mean, Jaden Hardy. It is somewhat interesting. Uh, he, he's played 11 and a half more minutes per game uh, in the five games that Luca has sat in which Hardy has played. Uh, Josh Green's another one. Uh, jo- Josh Green, pro- I, I like him more than Hardy from the standpoint that he he's already playing a decent chunk of minutes. His, his minutes increased by about five per game with Luca out um, from 22 to 27. Um, so outside of the the usual guys, right? We know Christian Wood, like you said, Dan Witty, um, those guys see massive upticks in production with with Luca out. Wood, of course, still injured, but he's at 13 more fantasy points per game uh, when Luca's out. Dinwiddie's at 12 and a half more fantasy points per game. They basically both go from like mid round guys to to you know top three round values um, with Luca out. Hardy. Hardy goes, he gets an extra 10 fantasy points, but that only pushes him up to 16. Um, you know, th- then you've got the Tim Hardaways of the world, the Reggie Bullocks, not as high on those guys. As we, as you, if you watch the Dallas Mavericks game on Thursday, you would know why. Uh, both were just atrocious from the floor. Um, I think Hardaway was like two for 19 or, or something 
just mind blowing like that. Yeah, he was uh two three for eighteen and two for twelve from from three point for Hardaway last night. Played forty minutes and was just firing him up. He looked like me in uh, pickup ball, uh, just bricking everything. Um, Dorian Finney Smith. We'll discuss more later. Um, but he's a guy who I do like more with, he, 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 it doesn't always translate, but he, he's playing well right now. Um, the, the fact that it doesn't always translate that he sees more production with Luca out, at least in the past five games this season. But I do think we'll see that given the way DFS is playing, DFS is playing right now. He was solid last night. Um, he's playing a boatload of minute minutes. So Dorian Finney Smith, Josh Green. Jaden Hardy in a super deep league? Anyone yeah. else? I don't think so. I, I think this is mostly like a deep league situation because there's just not one individual guy. And a lot of the guys who might be stepping up, like you mentioned, it's like, yeah, 10 more fancy points per game from 6 to 16 or from like 10 to 20. And it's in deeper leagues. I, I think there's some options there. But we'll learn more uh, today. So that'll, that'll be helpful. Uh, last night we had Giannis. Go off for 54 points, 19 boards, and two assists during a uh, last night's comeback win over the Clippers at home. This is the third time in the past 11 games that he's reached the half-century mark. You can get him for MVP odds right now at 13-1. to Do you think that there is a best bet for MVP or just in general, aside from the betting world, is there someone you like the most this year for MVP? Well, I, you know, it's it. There's usually some kind of story or theme that that you follow each year, right? So mm-hmm. the last couple of years, it's been all about Jokic and Embiid. Um, obviously, Embiid's finished second in each of those two years in the MVP voting. Um, it's the NBA standings are going to matter significantly. So right now, we've got we've got the Celtics sitting atop the East with the Bucks at the two seed. And the Sixers in the three seed, uh, you know, on the Western Conference, Nuggets are are the number one seed. Grizzlies are number two. Kings, the Sacramento Kings, lighting that beam all the dang time, are the three seed with twenty nine wins. Luca, Luca, and the Mavs are the four seed. It's it's wild. I think it's going to be a very tight race. Um, my my feeling on Giannis is that. He is by far the best, or not by far, but he is the best player in the NBA. There's probably no one playing better than him right now. His team has that number two seed. So that part of the conversation is there. But I just worry there's some fatigue and the fact that he's won it a couple times already. Um, will the will will voters want to go back to him? Uh, go to Embiid, Luka, um, maybe one of the upstarts with the Grizzlies or, or the Mavs, depending on if they go uh, – if they can reach the number one or number two seed in the Western Conference. And then Jokic, if the Nuggets are the number one seed, Jokic is going to get lots of considerations. I really do feel like it's totally up for grabs right now. And we're going to be looking at whoever whomever plays best down the stretch the final 25 games of the season and finishes with like a one or two seed in their conference. Yes. Um, all the advanced stats still point to Jokic. You look up pretty much anything. Like the ba- basketball reference has their MVP tracker that gives it to Jokic. You look up point differential. The Nuggets are 24 points per 100 possessions better when Jokic is on the floor. Like there are so many things that point to him. Um, at the same time, I mean, this is something that I talked about with uh, uh, Whalen on the pod yesterday uh, or the day before. 
the the list of guys who have won three MVPs is very exclusive. And I think the media doesn't like to anoint guys into that category. I think the worst guy of that bunch is Moses Malone, of the guys who've won at least three MVPs. And the only person in that group who has not won a finals MVP is Bill Russell. He had zero finals MVPs and five regular season MVPs. So it's a situation where, like, I, I don't, it's not crazy to say that Jokic is as skilled as Larry Bird or Magic Johnson was, guys who have won three plus MVPs, but he has no finals MVPs. And I think Vogers would rather have him see, I would, they would rather see him get that before they give him a third one. So I think that Vogers would be more confident giving Giannis a third one. And um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up going to like Embiid, Doncic, or Tatum this year. And it would probably be between Embiid or Tatum. But I think you mentioned Morant. I wouldn't mind a little, a little 50 to one. He's 50 to one right now on, uh, on most, um, on most books. And uh, that's nice. I mean, if they, if they end up, because they could go on a run. I mean, they are, they are struggling a lot without Steven Adams right now. I think they're one and seven, one and six um, lately. But if they catch fire and they end up, you know, with the one seed by, let's say, five games, I mean, he'll climb up the MVP standings for sure. I totally agree. Ima- imagine saying a, a guy who averaged 31 and 15 in a season is the worst of a bunch of players. Moses Malone <laughs> was a god. He was no, a I god. Know. I'm just, I'm just stepping up for Ken because I know Ken would have thought that was blasphemy. Um, <laughs> Got to step up in his absence. Moses Malone before my time, but an absolute terror on the basketball court. Just a beast. Um, I will say, I agree. I think anointing a player with a third MVP, you know, that's going to be tough for both Giannis and Jokic to to eclipse and kind of get through that that barrier, but. I, I'm with you. I do think, I mean, I, I, I think a guy like Morant, um, a guy, you know, maybe a, a surprise player from the Kings, it's got to be either Fox or Sabonis, but like if the Grizzlies, if the Kings go on some kind of crazy run, um, they it would have to be a crazy run for either team, but then you could have a, a Derrick Rose type MVP season um, from one of those guys, you know, same thing really with, with the Nets, or the Cavs, you know, <laughs> the Warriors, the, the Warriors. I mean, but I'm saying like, you know, I think everyone, there wouldn't be a big surprise if like Steph Curry, if the Warriors go on a crazy run and win like, you know, 18 of 20 games, Steph Curry obviously will be a part of the conversation. What would be interesting to me is getting a guy who really hasn't garnered that MVP consideration in the past. So like Kyrie, a great player for a long time. If he gets the Nets to the number one seed somehow, very unlikely, um, he would be much higher. But I, you know, looking at long shots, I think if I'm betting, if I'm betting on MVP today, I like the Giannis and Tatum bets. Um, Tatum, fantastic. Celtics, top record in the NBA. You know, and then and then I would go for at least one of the long shots. And I think Morant, 50 to 1, like you said, that's really, really intriguing. Yeah, Curry. Curry's 80 to 1. There you go. Like if if you think the Warriors are going to go on some run, it's got to be I, a run. Crazy right, run. Exactly. So if you believe that, then I understand your bet. Um for sure in that category. Okay. We had the All-Star reserves announced. Uh in the East, the All-Star reserves are J. 
Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan, Julius Randle, and Tyrese Halliburton. In the West, it is Demonis Sabonis, Damian Lillard, Paul George, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Laurie Markkinen, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Notable omissions being Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, Trey Young, Pascal Siakam, Jimmy Butler, and James Harden. If there's someone that's not on that list, don't blame me. That's from Adrian Wojnarowski's article. Um, is there anybody from that omissions list that you think should be on there? And if you're going to put them on there, who would you replace? It's tough. I mean, I, I am a strong believer in too many missed games. Um, knocks you off the list. So I'm going to put that artificial number at 30 games. If you haven't played 30 games yet, you are not you are not eligible to be in the all-star team. Um, That's just my personal feeling. So that, that immediately knocks out Anthony Davis and Booker, both sitting at 29 games. I know Davis will probably get there before the all-star break, same for Booker, um, but they're not there when when the voting's completed. Um, You've got guys who are a little bit, a little bit low on games played like, like triple J Jaron Jackson, Jr. Um, You know, he's a defensive just beast, but uh I would have rather have seen someone else sneak in there like Darren Fox to me right. is an absolute snub, especially uh, considering where the, the Kings are in the standings. Um, Trey, Trey Siakam, Harden, I think they all should have been on there as well. Um, Butler's having a solid season. But, you know, the, 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 the problem is for any of the people you want to call snubs is there's only 12 players from each conference, right? It's really hard to say who doesn't deserve it. Right. You know, which players on here don't deserve it? Brown, Adebayo. I mean, if I'm looking at the, the East Eastern Conference or Western Conference, I can't say none of these. You know, th- there's not the Triple J is the only player where I'm like, eh, I don't think he deserves it over multiple players. But anyone on the Eastern Conference or any of the other players on the Western Conference uh, reserves, I I think they all warranted their their placement on the team they have they've all they've all like done what what's needed to earn that accolade yeah some people want the all-star teams expanded i disagree i think the decision should be hard like you should have to sit down and be kind of agonized over um uh, who's who gets in and i agree with a lot uh, a lot of what you're saying i think the games played cutoff is important at the same time anthony davis is playing so well I wouldn't mind seeing him over Jaron Jackson Jr. As much as like I, I'm a Jaron Jackson Jr. Like I, he was on my All Star ballot when uh, Whalen and I did that like three weeks ago. I'm like his, his defense is too good. The Grizzlies are too good now. The Grizzlies have slid, and it's not they don't look the same level of dominance um, as they did before. So I'd be okay with AD there, and I just think Harden should be in or Jimmy Butler. Honestly, I think I think Harden or Butler should be in over Julius Randle. Um, the Knicks just aren't that good. I know Randall's playing really well. I just, he's just, it doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything to me. Like Butler, Butler gets really underrated because I think defense gets underrated in these discussions. He's still one of the best defenders in the NBA. Um, I know he missed some time as well. And then Harden, you, you know, you and I had a discussion before the podcast. Harden's averaging an efficient 20 and 11 for a team that's 33 and 17, basically tied for the second seed in the East. If you're giving Jaron Jackson Jr. The all-star nod because the Grizzlies are second in the West and they deserve two guys. 
how come Harden is not in the East because of that? And you're giving it to Randall? I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. The Butler one, I, I will say it would be harder for me to put Butler on the team because basically you're taking like DeRozan or Randall out for, for me in that scenario. And DeRozan has played 10 more games and statistically is having a better season than Butler. Butler's solid. They're all good. They're, I mean, that's, I wouldn't be opposed to expanding it to 15 players on each team. Um, but you already have guys who are, who are only going to play a few minutes, a handful of minutes anyways. So, you know, if, if it's just for, for them to have their participation uh, ribbon, maybe it's not worth it. Right. Okay. We have a uh, Devin Booker uh, who has been out with a groin injury since he basically aggravated it on Christmas in a game against the Nuggets. Uh, he is targeting Tuesday's game against the Nets as a return. And uh, all the NBA reporters keep tweeting about it in a way that makes me think it's absolutely going to happen. Um, so keep in mind for that, if you have Booker, you can probably put him in your starting lineup next week in fantasy. Feels relatively safe. Obviously, we'll know more uh, before then. Um, and this is this is sort of like an aside, just in terms of like fantasy. Um, if you have guys whose first games are on like a Tuesday, make sure to construct your starting lineup in a way it's better to put that guy in a utility spot on a Monday because then if you need to sub him out uh, before his first game, you have more options off your bench uh, to do that if your league allows something like that. But uh, with Booker coming back, I think it's fair to expect Chris Paul and, and Mikel Bridges to take some steps back. Um, Bridges, uh, CP3 had a bad game the other night, but he's been playing really well lately, and Bridges has been stepping up a lot. I think Booker's coming back. You know, Cam Johnson's... Now playing again, um, this reminds me a little bit of the Doncic situation where there weren't there weren't too many guys who who you could pick up off the waiver wire during the past month or so in a standard league, and, and one of those guys, Shamit, got hurt right away. Right, um, yeah. right, and and even the guys like Damian Lee, um, Tory Craig, they would have they would have the occasional game where they would pop off a little bit. Um, Dwayne Washington. You know, right. when CP3 was out as well. He got waived. Yeah. Wait, Washington's not even on the team anymore. Yep. Yep. And he he had he had one monster like 45 point fantasy game. Uh a Koji. There's there's a you know a handful of guys, right, that have all had a a game or two where they've stepped up. But that's you know, just basically been on an individual game basis. So if you are holding on to any of those players, I think it's safe to uh to drop them with Booker out, with Cam Johnson now healthy. You know, you've got the top six, seven guys in the, in the Suns rotation are all healthy and are they're going to be the ones carrying the load from a fan, fantasy perspective. Uh, before we move on to uh, the fan feedback section and the waiver wire section, I was shocked when I heard that Andre Robertson signed a G League contract with the Thunder the other day. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Thunder are gearing up for a championship run. They brought back Robertson. Very bizarre. Um. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's go to the fan feedback section. Uh... Ken would like to remind all of you that if you would like us to answer a question, please post a comment on our most recent Rotowire YouTube NBA video. We, of course, wouldn't uh, we wouldn't mind a, a like or subscribe as well. This week, YouTube super fan uh, Iza Usa. I apologize if I pronounced your name incorrectly. What are your guys' thoughts on Chris, Chris Duarte and his longevity in the starting lineup for Indiana? I believe he came off the bench last night and played six minutes. Yep. Um, There's the answer. That, that, that's, that's the absolutely the answer that we needed. I am not, I am not a Duarte guy. The best stretch of his career was the first month of, uh, of his career. And he's just shooting too poorly. Like I thought, even when he was starting, you know, he... He shot 32% from three. It's not good enough. He's just not an aggressive player. I will say he had a six steal game and he passed relatively well, but 
he's a lit. He's just passive out there, and his shot's not falling. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big, big uh, believer in his long-term upside, especially if he's coming off the bench and seeing no run. So, you know, this question was submitted while he was still in the starting lineup. Right. He, he had a Duarte had a decent four-game stretch in the starting lineup: thirty-one minutes, thirteen points, four and a half rebounds, four assists, two steals per game, and one point eight three-pointers. Um, it's all the more impressive that he had that that type of proje- production while only shooting thirty-two percent from the floor. Uh, I'm sorry from from three point line line. So, you know, if he gets if he gets a starting nod in the future, um, he might be a streaming option. But essentially, with the Pacers now healthy, Halliburton back, um, you got you got the they've got McConnell, uh, Matherin, Matherin, whichever one it is. I'm getting body heel. They got guys. They've got and they've got guys coming off the bench who are going to be above Duarte in that rotation as well. So I just, unfortunately, you're going to have to cut them loose and find a different streaming option unless there are further injuries for the Pacers. He's, he's an example of this. And I'm sure we all know, like if you, if you play basketball, there's people like this and maybe you play like this where he just shoots when he's hot. If he's, if he hits like two or three, he just shoots. But if he misses two or three, he just, he just runs around out there and it gets scared to shoot. Like if you look at his game logs, the games that he's taken 10 or more field goal attempts, he's 40% from three. But on the season, he's 30% from three. So it's just he he misses a few and he loses all of his confidence and he just doesn't uh, participate. So um, it's a weird, weird little wrinkle. Let's get into the shooters, waiver watch. Shooter's got to shoot. Keep shooters shooting. Shooter's got to shoot. Exactly. He, he has to. It's a shoot for his career at this point. Let's get to uh, Let's get to the waiver wire. Uh, in terms of the schedule next week, the only team with two games is the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, every other team plays three or four, and it's not too busy of a week. There's a lot of three gamers. But uh, Shannon and I are each going to provide three waiver wire options in the absence of Ken. I'm going to start with our uh, with Denny Avdia of the Washington Wizards, who is 50% rostered in Yahoo and 14% in ESPN. He's played great as have the Wizards since the Rui Hachimura trade. Uh, Opti is averaging 16.3 points, nine and a half boards, and two dimes. Most importantly, 1.8 steals, and he's shooting 58, 40, 74. Those percentages, the, the field goal and three-point, are a bit unsustainable. But his rebounding has really increased since Hachimura's been, er, been gone. And I think the part of the reason that the Wizards are committed more to Avdia is because he's a way more versatile player than Hachimura um, and is a, is a way better defender as well. So I expect that skills production to stay pretty high. Do not be discouraged by the fact that he's coming off the bench. That I think he's going to continue playing high 20s to low 30s minutes. They like him. They're willing to play him. They want to see what they have. Porzingis might get hurt. Uh, I think there's plenty of reasons to pick up Optia. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I love his athleticism. I love his size. Um, you know, he 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 can make some boneheaded plays at times, um, which will lead to a decrease in playing time. There's some inconsistency as well, but it's hard to argue against the production over the past handful of games, past four games in particular. Um, gives you a little bit of everything. I think he's definitely worth uh, consideration in pretty much any 12-team league he should be rostered. 
Who is your first option off the waiver wire? All right, my first option. This guy is on a heater, Malik Malik Monk for the Kings, who are who are on a roll. Monk's been crushing it lately. Um, he's coming off the bench, playing that six man role, uh, providing the team with scoring. Uh, for the second unit, but his playing time and production have both picked up recently. Over the past five games, Monk's averaging 26 minutes per uh, 14. Fifth, we're just going to round up 15 points, three and a half boards, four and a half assists, 1.2 steals, and 1.6 three pointers. Playing time and production's picked up even more the past two games, averaging 32 and a half minutes in those two games. He's he's eating into Kevin Herder's playing time. Um, it would be interesting to see what the Kings do tonight. De, uh, De'Aaron Fox is ruled out for Friday night's game for personal reasons already. Uh, so I'll see. We'll see. Maybe Monk gets a, a starting nod. Um, Davion Mitchell, of course, is probably the best candidate for that. Um, but Monk's Monk's an interesting player who can light it up, and he is low enough rostered. Thirty-two percent Yahoo, twelve percent. ESPN that if you're looking for scoring production, he's a guy to consider. I think they like Mike uh, Monk off the bench. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think Mitchell will start, but yeah, Monk, I mean, he had a great year with, with LA last year and he's, he's improved upon that this year. And so, you know, he's a guy I've continued to roster because it feels like I'm about to like, ah, maybe I should drop Monk and then you'll go off for like 13, nine and eight. And I'm like, oh, I can't drop him. Uh, He's only 25. He turns turns 25 tomorrow. So, you know, he's still still a young guy. Um I I'm still a believer. I mean, I've been a believer since draft day since since his days in Kentucky. Um and I like what we've seen. If he can get his playing time up, he's only he, he's averaged 13 points, over 13 points in only 22 minutes per game with the Kings. If that playing time creeps up to the 28 minutes per game he was playing last year, um he's going to absolutely be worthy of a 12 team consideration and 10 team in some formats. He's ranked 62nd in per minute fantasy value. Um, to further your point, my next uh, selection off the waiver wire, precious Achua of the Raptors, 64% uh, roster on Yahoo, 19% on ESPN. There were some options that were, you know, less rostered in Yahoo, but I don't, a lot we've mentioned a lot of those guys before. There was Gafford and and other guys. I don't think we've mentioned Achua much of all this season, so I think it's good to to uh, mention him now. He's ranked 53rd over the past two weeks. Uh, they're really letting him loose. And uh, s- since January 14th, Achua is averaging 14 and a half points on 59% from the field, 8.4 boards, and 1.6 stocks. Um, I'm pretty confident he'll remain in the rotation in this role should be worth rostering in, in most 12 team leagues. And the main thing you have to consider at least um, as we head towards the trade deadline is uh, the possibility that the Raptors either blow this thing up or just shuffle the, the deck around a little bit. I don't think Achua is going anywhere. I think there's only upside for Achua as the season winds down here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And he's been fantastic. He's been he's been you know in the starting lineup, he's been fantastic. And then even off the bench, um, in the handful of games where he's kind of bounced back and forth, depending on player avail- availability for the Raptors, he's still, you know, doing his permanent production off the bench was solid as well. Um, I would expect this team, I mean, if you look at trade rumors, OG Ananobi is one of the most popular names that's floated out there. If he's moved, 
I think the Raptors, they, they stop playing such a small lineup and, and do what they've been doing. Uh, have Precious and Siakam start in the front court. Barnes at the three, Gary Trent, Van Fleet. Uh, you've got all, all five of those guys rolling and steady production from Precious in that scenario. Even if OG returns, you know, it, Precious is essentially their sixth man. Um, and I think he warrants consideration in, in most formats in that scenario as well. So absolutely fantastic pickup. Uh, my next choice for 50% or less leagues, Alec Burks, we're going home or pick here. 33% rostered on Yahoo, 5% on ESPN. Burks has been solid for the Pistons over the past few games. He, he was inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, on January 26th, and he's stuck there for three straight games over that stretch, averaging 29 minutes, 16 points, 5.3 rebounds, three assists, and 3.3 three-pointers. Actually, absolutely crushing it uh, from downtown. 3.3 threes on 6.3 attempts, 52.5%. We know what Burks is. He's been in the league. He's like an 11-year vet. Um, The Pistons are probably showcasing him a little bit. Um, prior to the deadline. So it's a short-term ad, a streaming option for you. But I think Burks is a solid option um, between now and the All-Star break or deadline. Do you um, do you have any insight on the on the lineup change? Do you think it's sort of, sort of a showcasing thing? Uh, do you think they want to do something specific or is it just they're, they just want to try something different? Yeah, I think they're just juggling things up a little bit. I think the hope, I, I really do think one of the primary reasons was to showcase him in advance of the trade deadline. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, it really does seem to be the case. I mean, Killian Hayes um, had missed some time. So you could argue, all right, Killian Hayes sits out a game. Um, you know, he sat out one game and then the next game, Burks is, is locked in the starting lineup. But yeah, it, it does give you a, more of a look at Jaden Ivy at, at the point guard position, which I think they want to do as yeah. well. But you know, then then once you dive into the the rotation over the past three games, you know, Ivy played thirty two games, had eight assists in that uh, that first outing with Burks in the starting lineup, but then twenty eight minutes, twenty one minutes the next game. They go, you know, Dwayne Casey just reverted right back to to his usual antics and, and ridiculous rotation and not, not giving his young guys enough playing time. Jaden Ivey, Duran, even Killian Hayes, those guys should all be playing over well over 30 minutes per game right now. It doesn't make any sense not to, they need the reps. Um, but Burke's purely, purely a, a showcase uh, <laughs> assignment in the starting lineup. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it sticks. My guess is it sticks until he's out of town. We're sticking with the Pistons, believe it or not. My long shot of the week, Hamadou Diallo, who is 12% rostered in Yahoo and 2% rostered in ESPN. Over the past month, he's ranked 140, but over the past two weeks, he's ranked 43rd behind some great steal performances. The past 12 games for Diallo, 12.8 points on 69% shooting from the field, four and a half boards, one dime, and 1.8 steals. He cannot shoot threes. He can now shoot free throws, and he's playing like 20 minutes a game. But the reality is, he is a sick athlete. He's in the he was in the dunk contest a couple of years ago, and anytime I watch a Pistons game, he is just pushing it in transition. 
really hard to stop on the break. And I think that's part of the reason he's only playing 20, 25 minutes is Casey just goes and tells him, like, turn it into a track meet for 15 minutes, and you're going to shoot 70% from the field when we hit you in the open court because you're just getting good looks all the time. I'm not sure this is a – I don't think it's a move for 12-teamers. It's a little too unstable with the minutes. But if you're in a 16-team league, I would definitely take a look because I think the steals production is real, and I think the field goal percentage production is real. And it's been going on for too long for me to say this is some fluke. Um, so I would, I would definitely look into that if you're in a 16 teamer. Yeah. He he's similar to, uh, Josh Jackson in production and, and kind of, uh, his, his skill set. So if you were in a league where, you know, like, let's say the 2020 season, um, or, or certain stretches of 2021 where you, you, you were able to pick up Josh Jackson and utilize him and, and get some fancy value out of him, then, then your boy, Ham Diallo might be a similar, similar type of pickup. I, I am not as convinced in his um, viability long-term, you know, it could be, it could be interesting though. I mean, he's another guy who the Pistons could easily include in a trade to make contracts work. No one's going to necessarily be, be hunting them down to, to have them be a, a part of a contender push. Uh, but he, he could be tacked on in any kind of deal. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to bet on a guy who's, you know, only playing about 20 minutes per, but he's producing right now. And if you need to stream, he's an option, especially on the steel side. I mean, he's, he's got legit upside for steals. Yeah, he is. I think he's more so like a four game week streamer. Yes. But it all depends on what you need, which is the case uh, with most of these long shots, right? I- including. Yeah, I actually, I, I would argue the two I'm going to highlight two. They're guys we've talked about recently. Uh, but I think they weren't uh, further consideration. Uh, DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith, 32% rostered. Yahoo, 10% on ESPN. We talked about it a little bit when, when discussing uh, Luca's injury. Uh, the minutes are just, he's getting boatloads of minutes right now over the past four games, 36 minutes per, averaging 12 points, 8.8 rebounds, one steal, and 2.3 three-pointers over that stretch. You know, the, the, the shooting isn't too ridiculous, you know, 39% from the three point 47% from field goal. Those are legit. I mean, it's not too far off his career lines, uh, or his past couple seasons, um, what he's been able to do from both the floor and downtown. So I think that's sustainable. The minutes are going to be there. Uh, so Dorian Finney Smith's guy, I, I would, I'd recommend picking up. Uh, if you're in deeper formats and then drew Hubanks got to talk about him again, because Nurkic is hurt again. Yusuf Nurkic sitting out Friday and on Wednesday, um, after Wednesday's game against the wizards, he was spotted in a walking boot. Um, he Nurkic only played two minutes in that game before leaving, uh, before injury. Uh, he, so he managed to play 26 minutes. He missed a game, played 26 minutes and then played two. And then he was hurt again. Hugh Banks is the guy uh, to pick up. He's going to get starting nod on Friday would be my guess. No, no official announcement there yet, um, but he, he started the last game that Nurkic missed. Uh, and in the, in the game that Nurkic left early, Hugh Banks played 24 minutes, 11 points, 11 rebounds, and one steal and one block. Um, he's just, he's a streaming option at the center position if you need it. Yeah. Nurkic had been dealing with that calf injury before, 
that game. And I think it was probably something the they were trying to push him through because the Blazers need to just they need to win games. They can't be like sitting guys who are sort of hurt. They need to just tell those guys to go out and play. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he probably aggravated it. Now he's going to be out for a while. Eubanks is a good pickup. We saw it happen last year. Um, he has more shot blocking upside than he's shown. He can catch lobs. Uh, that's just a quality. That's just a quality waiver wire pickup. Okay, let's go to the DFS portion of today's podcast. Uh, fans, sign up for FanDuel now and compete for millions of dollars in prizes each day. Choose your best NBA lineup and compete to win real cash. Oh, nice. Eight-game slate today. Because <laughs> I hurt myself trying to talk like Ken. Eight-game slate today. Highest over-unders. There's two over 240. It's sort of the, the high mark uh, that we use these days. Hawks at Jazz, 242. Hornets at Shannon's Detroit Pistons. That's going to be up and down. That's going to be a fun game. 240. Uh, as always, for the injuries, check the Rotowire lineups page. We have tons of useful tools on that daily lineups page. Um, and you can try Rotowire for free including our DFS lineup optimizers by going to rotowire.com slash try. Okay. So the slate today, are you, are you looking towards those two high over under games to, to sort of start things off? Yeah, that that's certainly the, one of the first places I looked. Um, Lamelo Lamelo ball is a player. I love to roster uh, DFS slates you know, he, he had a nice seven, 69 and a half point fantasy outing against the Bucks uh, earlier this week. Followed that up with 39.6 against the Bulls. Um, he was ejected from that game late uh, last night. Still played 35 minutes, though. But it's it's just crazy to watch him. Like, even last night, I'm, I'm keeping tabs. On, they had the early game, and I'm keeping tabs on it. And he had 10 fantasy points in the first, like, two and a half minutes of action in that game. That's just the type of player he is. He racks it up. He gets steals. He hits threes, assists, rebounds, scoring. It's all there. He's got that crazy 70-point upside, which we've seen. He's at 9,100, and the matchup, of course, is great. So so I like that. So the other players from that, from that game, Alec Burks, we discussed for free agencies, free agency pickups. But, you know, as long as he's starting it in the Pistons lineup, um, and he remains affordable or discounted on FanDuel. He's at 5000 right now. I think he is warranting a, a look for your roster. And then Jalen Duran, um, a little bit riskier. He's at $6,000. Um, he's had a couple of really big DFS nights, including a 53-and-a-half-point outing against the Bucks. A lot of that was in garbage time as the Pistons were blown out that game. I, I want to say it was like a 30-point loss. I, I may be misremembering that some, but uh, it was ugly. I know that much. I know as are 90% of a Pistons games this season, it was ugly. Um, but Duran, I like at 6,000. Um, if you're looking to, if that's kind of the, the your, your amount you're, you're, you're allocating for the center position, I think he's one of the better options. Um, another game that I like quite a bit. You know, that's outside of those two, the 240 over under is Toronto 
against the Rockets. Mm. Rockets still shorthanded. Uh, no, no uh, Green or Porter playing for the Rockets tonight, which mean means Eric Gordon. Yeah. Eric Gordon coming off two 36 fantasy point outings, back-to-back games, 33 and 34 minutes in each of those outings. You know, they, they essentially don't have a point guard when Green and Porter are out. You'll have Knicks get a spot start, um, but not do much with it. Shangoon will, will, will handle uh, distrib- distribution a little bit more. And then also Eric Gordon um, will be handling the ball quite a bit more. Uh, so I like, I like Aaron Gordon at 5,400 in that matchup on the other side of the matchup going with Scotty Barnes, He's just playing boatload of boatloads of minutes. OG's out. Um, he's been basically averaging over 40 fancy points for, for about a 15 game stretch. Now a couple 50 point games mixed in there. Um, I like his upside. I like his floor at 8,200, especially with OG out. I really like the Eric Gordon call. Um, if you use the on-off court stats uh, tab in our daily lineups page, you can see that with Porter and Jalen Green off the court, Eric Gordon has a 13% usage bump up to 28%. And within this particular starting lineup, the Rockets are expected to throw out. If Jabari Smith plays, Gordon's got a 33% usage rate. So everything you said, completely true. Such a great play at like 5,500 cash games, GPPs. I assume he's going to be heavily rostered, but I mean, why not? Why not play him? Yeah. Um, we mentioned earlier, De'Aaron Fox is out. This is a Malik Monk opportunity. Um, and Davion Mitchell as well. I don't, I don't mind either of those guys. Um, you know, Monk's at only 5,300. That's really hard to avoid. Um, and Davion Mitchell is at 3,800, which given that price, uh, that salary, I should say, is also pretty hard to avoid. You know, he's got like uh, when he plays at least 24 minutes, 17 fantasy points. That's not a lot, but two 30 point fantasy point outings in there. And he's only 3,800, right? So you can squeeze him into your lineup if you if you need to. Um, uh, Eubanks, we mentioned before, um, his price at this point, 4,600. Again, he also is power forward and center eligible on, uh, on FanDuel. So he's really easy to squeeze into your lineup. Again, another guy that's just hard to avoid. This might be a situation where you can end up with two or three like elite guys. Like you mentioned LaMelo. You could probably get LaMelo in there. You can get some other guys in there because there's just a lot of values around that like 4,000 to 5,500 salary range. Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, I have Davion Mitchell. I might swap him out if he's not named the starter. Um, they're playing in Indiana to 7 p.m. Eastern tip. So we're going to know before lineups lock, which is always nice. Um <laughs> You know, I like the matchup against Indiana. Uh, sticking with that game uh, and, and highlighting a a uh, high dollar player, an expensive player. Sabonis is at 9900 sure. $9, Which for me, Sabonis going back to Indiana to play, um, coming off a sixty-two point fantasy outing against the Spurs. He's had a couple days off. Um, I'm. I'm surprised, or he's had a day off at least. Um, I'm surprised Sabonis is under 10,000 for this slate, but I love him. And all the more so with Fox out, uh, Sabonis is, it's only three games without Fox, but he's averaging five more fantasy points per. So he's basically at 50 fantasy points per game with Fox out. 
good luck finding another player averaging 50 fantasy points or more that's under $10,000 on FanDuel. That does not happen. Um, so I, I like Sabonis as an expensive option. I like, I mentioned Scotty Barnes earlier. He's 8,200. Brad Beal is kind of a shot in the dark a little bit. Um, sure. Just because, you know, he, he has, he's played in six games since returning to action. He's had his minutes somewhat suppressed. Um, just only hit 30 minutes, two out of those six games. 32 is the highest total, um, but he's coming off a big game against the Spurs, 44 fantasy points, $8,000. You know, Beal is rarely that cheap on FanDuel. Um, he is, he is going to be fresh as well. They, the, the wizards have not played since January 30th. Um, so I like, I like Beal considerably mellow, like Lamelo, like we talked about, you can mix in quite a few high price players with the, with the, with combo of discounted options for tonight's slate. It's a solid, solid NBA slate. Portland's defense struggling. Beal, I think there's a chance Beal is pretty low rostered because mm-hmm. it's just, you're right. He's coming off a great game, but I think, I think this might be an example of how, uh, you know, like thousand dollar increments can make a difference in people's psychology. Like if Beal was 7,900, people be like Beal for 7,900. But that 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 flip to eight, I feel like makes people less. But um, yeah, that could be a good low roster played against a bad defense, which those are never bad opportunities. If we're talking DFS and you're trying to find, you know, hey, what's a what's a guy who I think might be low rostered? Just look at guys who've been playing only okay lately, nothing exciting, but they're going against trash defenses. Beal, um, you know, like uh, that's. Well, the the Charlotte Detroit game is a good example. But if someone a team was playing Charlotte, maybe you'd be like, "Hey, maybe you like Sadiq Bay. Maybe Sadiq Bay has a crazy game against the Hornets. Hornets can't defend." Um, there are guys like that across uh, across the whole thing. I will say, as one of our last points here, this Atlanta Utah game, which has the two forty two over under the highest of the slate. I looked this up the other day uh, as a um, uh, sort of a. I was looking up a fun fact to post in one of our emails, the jazz more than any, despite the jazz being the feel good story of the year, they're 27 and 26. They have given up the most quote unquote monster games to opponents this season. Um, 40. If people know the game score stat, the game score stat is essentially just like the new PER. So 40 is an absurd number. They've given up the most 40 game score performances, most monster performances compared to any team in the NBA. If there's one guy who's going to pop off for Atlanta, it's probably Trey Young. I don't think Mike Conley can guard him. I don't think Jordan Clarkson can guard him. Uh, so I I wouldn't mind a little Trey Young. And we're talking about a guy who, again, his his reputation is starting to slide a little bit. He's 9,500 on, on FanDuel. Um, you know, okay. I don't mind it at all. My man, my man gets so much shade just because of his hair. That's the only <laughs> reason. I don't. He, he averaged twenty-seven and ten, and people act like he's dropping off. Like it's just absurd to me. Um, if this team were winning more, if this was a two or three seed, he would be. He would also be in the MVP conversation. Um, he's dipped a little bit this season compared to yeah. uh, last year, but man, Trey Young still. 27 and 10. That's so ridiculous uh, to have those types of numbers and then mix in, you know, a couple three pointers per game as well. Um, 
and playing alongside a, a new backcourt teammate too, which, you know, a guy in DeJounte Murray who likes to handle the ball himself. So, you know, I, I'm not too surprised that, that Trey's dipped a little bit from past years, but also like, you know, his shooting's down 42.8%, 32.2% from downtown. He's a guy who I would not be surprised if he has a, just a monster stretch uh, in the second half of the season where, you know, 20 game stretch where he's much, much higher than that. You know, he shoots 40% from downtown and, and improves upon what he's done so far. In fact, I know you look at his split stats from past seasons. Um, you know, his split stats in his rookie season in particular were very drastic. Um, how much better he was in the second half of the season. Um, I could, you could see a s- similar scenario play out this year, just as him and Murray kind of become more comfortable playing alongside each other. Um, it takes a lot of games to get that kind of chemistry. Yeah, and the, the Hawks are probably going to, they should be, I think, be in the trade discussions. They have a lot of young assets that just, if you're them, you know, it's like, well, we got a Kongwu, he's coming off the bench. Maybe we can trade Hunter and, and upgrade a spot. So they might, and they obviously want to trade Collins. They've wanted to trade Collins forever. So they may be a, a different looking team after the deadline. Um, obviously, that's not relevant for today. But yeah, I think there's an opportunity for you to put like Trey Young and Bradley Beal in your lineup, two guys whose reputations have taken small hits and just haven't been playing super well lately against teams with bad defenses who give up big games and yeah. you know get some uh, get a, a unique lineup in there to try to crush a GPP. Absolutely. Uh, any last words on DFS? Go win. Go win. FanDuel is providing a special offer to all new users. Sign up for FanDuel, play $1 in an NBA contest, and receive $10 instantly. That's a, t- that's a 10 to 1 value. My God. Um, there's no old man rant today, although I can't. Uh, I think this is from last week, Ken's rant about the Orlando Magic. Um, no old man rant today, but Ken did give us a quote. First, I will say thank you, everybody for joining us on the Road to Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by FanDuel. Ken wants us to go to Dallas, where Dallas Morning News asked Dorian Finney-Smith if he noticed Mavs fans pleading online with the team to not trade Dorian Finney-Smith, to which he replied, that feels good, man. I appreciate all the love. At one point, fans were saying, who the F is this? I appreciate it. I guess they see the hard work I put in and how far I've come. Ken's you could you could oh, I'm sorry was that the entire quote that's the entire quote okay you could tell Ken's age is really showing in the notes the the dash the on dash line yes that's total grandpa total grandpa oh gross all right Ugh. uh thank you everybody this three car two car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line this is the story of the one As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.